Hello and welcome to the March 28th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have everybody here with me today. And of course, it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. Uh, I am certainly not in a bad mood, although um, I don't want to say I'm tired. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of chill, really, is what it comes down to. Uh, for the first time in a long time, I feel like I could breathe, meaning that while work is difficult and home life is difficult with children, um, slowly but surely things are starting to fall into place. You know, I have to say in terms of being at home with my children, if it was not for my wife, um, I mean... Honestly, I don't know where I would be. It's, it's, it's unexplainable how a person, you know, and, and there was a time where I thought maybe because she was 10 years or nine years, something along those lines, let's put it this way. She was younger than me. I thought maybe she had, you know, a little bit more motivation and, you know, pep in her steps, so to speak. It really, her age has nothing to do with anything. She's just one of those natural moms who has found it extremely easy to pick up on what it takes to be a parent. So I think that's really, really cool. Um, And, you know, she's made it a real easy transition for me, at least. And I will tell you this, things have gotten progressively better with my little guy, Mickey. Uh, so he certainly turned the corner and again, my wife and I worked together on that one and we were able to make it happen. And in terms of the little one, she's doing great. I mean, she really is. Uh, she's, she's really not, not a very demanding baby at all. She's just, again, I I hate to use this word twice in a matter of three minutes, but she's chill. She's really just chill. (laughs) Um, now, I had asked for everybody to reach out to me and let me know if you had any names for my little girl. And I got quite a few responses, and I thank you for that. But I will tell you this. I'm going to go out um, on a limb here and just say it. My sister actually texted me a few days ago, and apparently she was listening to my latest podcast and knew that I was in search of a name, and she gave me an absolutely awesome idea. And I'm going to go with it, and I'll tell you why. Um, my daughter actually shares the same birthday as Barbie, <laughs> believe it or not. The little Barbie doll, okay, that we all know and love and um, certainly are, are well aware of its existence. So we now have a fourth addition to the Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast family, and that is Barbie. So we have Barbie, we have little Mickey, we have Junior, and we have Sarah Lee. And you all know who I'm referring to when I refer to them. And um, so that's a good thing. So we can move forward 
and now I have a name and I don't have to refer to her as the little baby or the little girl anymore. So with that being said, a few days ago I had planned on doing a podcast and I believe I did one on Monday and I actually had prepared to do one on Tuesday. And what I mean prepared is a lot of times I will put it in my calendar, believe it or not, just to make sure that I schedule time to do it, time that does not interfere with my work schedule, that does not take away from my responsibilities or duties at work, nor really, to be honest with you, my personal time with my family. Um, I've moved away from that, so to speak, in the sense where there was a time I would go upstairs in my older son's room, which, by the way, is now my younger son's room and younger daughter's room, in which they share, and... You know, I take a half hour, 40 minutes, sometimes an hour, and I go up there and I do my thing. Uh, but I don't do that anymore. And I'll tell you, it's it's probably would be completely impossible unless I waited for everybody to just fall asleep. Not necessarily my wife, but my little guy, Mickey. Um, there's no way in the world that I'm going to be able to go anywhere without him realizing and wanting to be with me. And in terms of even him going to bed at night... I mean, really, that's the only time I have to spend with my wife, and I just can't give that time up. So I had something scheduled for Tuesday. Work got in the way, and unfortunately, I was not even able to take a break to record anything. But I'll tell you this. The one thing that I do recall wanting to speak about is that I was extremely tired. And I will say this, and it's not as bad today. I'm not as bad in terms of my tiredness. Yesterday was pretty rough. I mean, what do we got here? But Thursday, tomorrow's Friday, thank good God above. Um, But Tuesday was a rough day in terms of my exhaustion. And honestly, I mean, listen, you know, we got a new baby in the house and my little guy wasn't sleeping great. So a lot of things to um, keep in mind and understand. But I, I I did realize one thing for sure is that my exhaustion, tiredness, whatever you want to call it, it really started to impact my moods, really did. And it's, it's amazing how many times we've spoken about sleep and the, and the necessary components of maintaining a stable lifestyle. One of those components includes sleep. When you don't get sleep, you're not stable. It's as simple as that. You may be able to get away with it for a day or two, but ultimately, if you are on a path of sleepless nights, you can almost guarantee that your moods are going to fluctuate and you are going to trigger your bipolar disorder symptoms regardless of whether you're on medication or not. I fully believe that. Now, things got so bad in terms of my tiredness that, again, my mood was um, was altered. And I will say this, it was altered in a way where I had absolutely no patience at all for anybody or anything. Uh, And mainly my children, specifically my little guy, Mickey, who I can't recall maybe once or twice, maybe I raised my voice to him in his little life. I mean, he's going to be two years old, April 20th, mid-April, I don't want to give dates away, um, but oh, who cares? You guys already know where Bobby was born, <laughs> when Bobby was born. Uh, so mid-April, let's just say that, that in about 
another 20 or so days, my little guy will be two years old. And in two years of his short little life, I have never, ever put my hands on my child. Ever. And I'll tell you this. I smacked his butt. I smacked his butt. And I did it, I believe, on Monday night, if I'm not mistaken. Because I was just so damn tired. And... I smacked his butt for a reason. He was fighting with me, the diaper thing. Although it's gotten better, the la- maybe the smack helped. <laughs> Who knows? Because he hasn't challenged me at all with the diaper. But I don't want that to be the thing that does put him or whip him into place. I am not a um, a parent that really believes in smacking. I really am not. Now I'm not. I'm not saying for those of you who do use that as a consequence. I am not putting you down. Because everybody has their own, you know, way of going about things. I mean, let's face it, guys. Back in the day, man, before people used to get so crazy about, you know, what parents were doing and, you know, watching them in stores and temper tantrums. And, you know, lately, or at least in this day and age, man, you can't even yell at your kid in, in a public place without somebody viewing you and judging you. And it's really kind of sad, especially considering the fact that, Many families have special needs children, and nobody even people who are on the outside looking in and either thinking that a parent is not parenting properly because their kid is acting in a certain way or losing their patience because a child is acting in a certain way. It's very unfair for a person to judge because you don't know what that life is like. For me, smacking my kids never worked, but out of frustration out of exhaustion, out of anger, I don't know what you want to call it, a lack of patience, whatever it might be, he was rolling around, he was, I mean, and he had poop in his diaper, so it was unacceptable, it really was, Um, but I was just tied to holding him down, I really was, and he keeps having this issue with changing, once again, it's gotten a little better over the last couple of days, but he was so wild that as I had his legs up, and I was trying to hold him, just to slide the new diaper in underneath him, he was kicking and screaming, and I smacked his little hiney twice. Listen, guys, I mean, I'm not talking full-fledged smack. You know, harder than a love tap, lighter than a, than a you know, a spanking. But it was enough to definitely surprise him, and... Without a shadow of a doubt, it affected me to a point where I was sick to my stomach over the fact that I put my hands on him. Because to me, more than anything, forget about the fact that I just, uh, you know, guys, I'm weird. And I'll give you an example. I am so, to some extent, overprotective of my children, so in love with my children that... Every night when I put Mickey to bed in his little crib, I lay with him for a minute. I I lay on the floor. He he says, Daddy, please stay. So I'll talk with him, and then I'll let him know. You know, he goes through a whole process. He wants to know who's sleeping, and I let him know everybody's sleeping. Mommy's sleeping. Your sister's sleeping. Your older brother and sister sleeping. The whole works. And then I let him know that, all right, it's time for Daddy to go to sleep also. And he says, good night, Daddy. I love you. And I walk out, and, you know, he could be flipping around in his crib, 
before I leave. He could be acting like a maniac. He could be just laying there, being compliant, doing nothing wrong. Whatever his mood is, when I leave that room, that little two-year-old is able to put himself to sleep so easily. And when I leave, I actually get sad thinking about him laying in his bed all alone. Now, I know it's the, the best thing for him, and it teaches him you know, independence and all of those things, but it just breaks my heart. So forget about the fact that I was overly heartbroken based on the fact that I smacked my son on the hiney, but equally as upset about the fact that I allowed my bipolar to take hold of me. And that's ultimately what happened, you know, because of the lack of sleep. That was an inpatient act that more times than not I would engage in. And I don't mean that I would smack people, but I would act violent and aggressive and impulsive. And it didn't matter what the situation was. If I was going through a certain mood or a certain swing, I had no control. And... For the first time in a long time, I felt like I lost control. Even though it was for that split second, and I immediately recovered afterwards, it affected me for the most of the night because I was so upset over my actions. So, um, moral of the story, everybody, is get sleep. That's really what it comes down to. Now, uh, one thing I will say is my concentration over the past week has really been poor. And one of the more overlooked aspects of bipolar disorder is actually the what we call cognitive impairments that we all suffer from. And I don't want you to view that as being stupid, okay? Cognitive is the is the area of the brain that thinks basically, you know, cognitively thinking. Um, we act a certain way and our cognitive skills are basically the way that we think, the way that we function, um, how well we can learn, how well we can retain information, um, you know, memory, things of that nature. And again, you know, we often overlook that many of us suffer from cognitive impairments with bipolar disorder. And there are often times in combination with my lack of concentration, I feel like a complete dummy. Really. You know, a a, a wackadoo moron. Because, you know, usually we're focused on the cycling, the elevated moods, the depressed moods, and those moods and those swings are what receives most of our attention when we are talking about analyzing and discovering bipolar disorder. So what what we need to do is understand that <laughs> there's more to it when it comes to bipolar disorder. Definitely more to it. Now, I'll tell you with this. There are some people that will complain like I do and and I want you to understand I'm reporting on this because I need you to know that it's it's normal. It's normal for this to happen. But what we need to really try to figure out, I don't know if we have the answer to this, what is the actual cause for the cognitive problems that we have? Is it the actual mood swings that we're in? 
that cause those cognitive difficulties and that cognitive impairment? Or is it we've done so much damage to our brain that we're a little bit stupider than we once were? And I'll explain to you what I mean now. Now, in terms of cognitive skills or a cognitive skill set, in Mr. Joe, some of the things that I suffer for, from, and listen, I'm not expecting everybody to agree with me out there, but um, if you do, you'll understand that we're both, <laughs> I don't want to say suffering from, but dealing with the exact same symptoms, so to speak, when it comes to cognition. I have a lot of difficulty with my memory, and specifically word retrieval. Now, there's a lot of times where I just cannot seem to grab that word and remember what word I wanted to use. That actually happens a lot. Um, there's something called executive functioning. Now, I know that term and I know that word and or that phrase because it's something that I do with my students and clients when it comes to autism. Many times our children and adults with autism have very difficult time with executive functioning. And really what that is is prioritizing the things in your life, organizing the things in your life, and planning the things in your life. And I'm going to tell you right now, cognitively, I suffer a lot of times when it comes to that. My executive functioning is not the best. I have very difficult, it's very difficult for me to sometimes organize and plan. Now, we'll get into it in a minute when it's not difficult for me to do that, but... Um, I'll tell you this, I have a lot of times problems with retention of information and concepts that might have been conveyed to me by just me listening to somebody or even, let's say, reading a book. Um, you know, there's been times where I can read through a whole um, chapter, so to speak, or an article, and, and when I'm done, I'm like, what the hell did I just read? I can't even retain it. Another thing that I will oftentimes deal with is what I could refer to as like a slowed thought process. It's almost like I'm moving in slow motion. I can think, but it's slow. It's like a, a gradual decline of brain power compared to what I once had in my life. And you would think... Those with a history of severe symptoms with bipolar disorder would be more susceptible. But my symptoms are well managed. And I want to assume that symptoms that are well managed are less likely to have cognitive impairments. And while that might be the case in some, it's certainly not the case in mine. So again, I have to ask myself is this the mood phase? Or does it happen because we, as bipolar wackadoos, have damaged our brain? Well, think about it, okay? If we're depressed, obviously the, the sharpness of our cognition, how sharp we are, how, how much our, our, our thinking in terms of its effectivity, I'm sharp when I think. Well, it's definitely worse when I'm depressed, no doubt about it, okay? Um... Absolutely depressed, can't recall written or spoken words. Definitely that, that ability to do that and recall information becomes even more compromised. You know, I've read like 
18 chapters, like I've said, and I don't remember a damn thing, so I can't recall it. Okay, that kind of goes in line. I'm speaking again when I'm depressed. The things I just mentioned before, they seem to happen more frequently than just being in a mood swing for Mr. Joe. But in terms of my depression, I certainly have those cognitive issues that are a little bit more heightened. When I'm hypomanic or manic, a lot of times we will have some racing thoughts, obviously, which are common, but that can actually affect your memory and impair your focus as well. Because you got so many thoughts going in and out of your head. The thought content, content is so fast that it becomes hard to hold on to specific thoughts. There's a large amount of thoughts entering into my brain because I'm manic. There's so much happening. There's too much happening. So I can't even prioritize what's most important. Everything seems important when I'm manic, or at least it feels important. But unfortunately, more thoughts just keep coming into my mind that appear to be even more important than the ones that were just important. So it becomes a cyclical effect of cognition difficulties because I am so overloaded and overwhelmed with racing thoughts. Basically, too focused. And sometimes being too focused can make one specifically Mr. Joe, whether it be writing some book that I think is going to make the top 10 bestsellers list or shooting a video while I'm driving in my car. I mean, guys, there have been times, and it hasn't happened recently, that I'll drive around and I'll play music. And and there's a part of me that wants to start videotaping myself because I pretend or I think that I'm in a movie. You know, a a good song comes on in the beginning of a movie sometimes, you know, something that lets you know that this is the movie, this is the upbeat song that you're going to listen to, and depending on where I'm at, sometimes I feel like I'm in a movie. That's a whole other set of circumstances that we should talk about, but um, going back to being too focused, a lot of times Mr. Joe will be locked into an idea or a plan or a project And ultimately, I end up forgetting about what really matters because there's other crap in life that we got to worry about. But unfortunately, when I'm manic, a lot of times all those things go out the window, the important things, and I end up focusing on some stupidity thing that really does not even require my attention, like formatting a hard drive for three hours with a computer. For those of you who don't know what that means, It's not really, doesn't really matter. I'll just tell you now that a lot of times it's not necessary for me to break computers and fix them, but I can become fixated on it. So what we really need to do, and I'm, again, I'm kind of torn because I so, so often have such difficulty determining what mood I'm in, but the best thing you could do is determine whether you have difficulty with this, with your memory your language recall, your attention, your concentration, your executive functioning that I explained before, if they are present when you're stable, then clearly they're not a result of your moods. Now, if they only happen during phases and then they return to normal, kind of like at their baseline, then we have to assume that it's mood-specific. Okay? Now, another thing that I 
always like to tell people is, especially when they have difficulty concentrating and are, are suffering from some of these symptoms, you have to rule out ADD, attention deficit disorder, because there are differences between bipolar mood swings, bipolar disorder, and attention deficit disorder. Uh, and one day I think we're really going to get into ADD and ADHD. I think it's something that we need to discuss, so we'll have a podcast on that relatively soon. But aside from, um, you know, the ADD, you have to say to yourself, this is something I didn't even bring up that I just thought of, are these cognitive issues related to your medications? Okay. Here's what it comes down to, guys. These deficits that we have with bipolar disorder that might be brought on by mania or depression or medication or just a result of, you know, our damage that we've done over the course of our years. I mean, they're honestly, they are like mild brain injuries. And unfortunately, they don't just self-correct. It's not like you could turn it on and off. And instead, the brain learns to adapt and compensate in a way that the injury is no longer present or evident. And I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> kind of there. Here I go again. Mr. Joe just kind of lost his um, his train of thought. But really, what it comes down to is. We, we, we learn to adapt, okay? And time after time, when we go through these phases, who knows what happens, really? I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. One thing I can tell you is somehow, some way, we have to learn to accept it. Doesn't matter what it comes from. We have to learn to accept it. And... I guess the best advice I can give if you are suffering from these cognitive defects based on the medication, based on the mood swings, based on the bipolar damage that we've caused in our brain, we have to adjust our lives and not perceive our life as a failure because it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You can't make it go away. This is not something that you can change. If you, want, if you wanted to change it and you could, we'd change it. We would get back all our ability to think rationally and straight. But we can't. We can't change it. It's not our fault and we can't do anything about it. But if things get bad enough and you shift your life, your career, your personal um, flow of your day into something that makes you happy, that new endeavor that you've taken on in life can then provide a sense of satisfaction. And I know that's not always realistic because sometimes we're just stuck in a situation. But eventually, you got to try to get out of it, especially if that situation that you are in is making it even harder for you to think. I mean, let's face it, everybody, as much as I love my job and my position right now, if it got any worse, I have to tell you, like in terms of my concentration and my cognitive um, difficulties, I mean, as happy as I think I am, 
the worse it would get, the more unhappy I would be because I would not be able to fulfill my job responsibilities. I'm still able to do that. But if I wasn't, I mean, at some point you have to become unhappy because you're trying to do something that, in essence, you're not capable of doing. So if you're at that point in life where you're stuck in a situation and the situation is not an enjoyable one because you simply feel like you have brain damage from your bipolar disorder, regardless of where it comes from, medication, moods, damage, whatever it may be. If you've gotten to a point in your life where whatever you're doing, whether it be your personal life, your family life, your uh, work career, if your cognition is so screwed up that it is affecting your ability to function in that role, then you have to shift into something else. It's easier said than done because let's say that was happening to Mr. Joe. I mean, I'm making money right now. It's not just so easy to say, okay, I'm not, I'm not succeeding where I am. So because I'm, I've developed this, you know, cognition difficulty, I'm just going to step out of my workplace and go find something else. It doesn't work like that. But God's honest truth is if I'm feeling like that, and I hang around where I am, ultimately, I'm probably not going to be successful. I may be able to hang on by a thread for a little while, but ultimately, it's not going to be a success story in the end because my cognition difficulties are going to get the best of me. And when that starts to happen, everybody, you have to shift into something new in your life that makes you happy, that's enjoyable, and that new experience can then be the sole provider of satisfaction. Because now you're involved in something that is at your level. Let, let's put it this way, guys. And I know this seems very, very strange of, in terms of a, an analogy, but a person who's reading at a first grade level will be miserable if they're reading a book that's for a third grader. Miserable not going to read it, not going to enjoy it, they're going to struggle, they're going to get frustrated, it's not going to be fun, the end result is going to be a failed test, but if they step back into their comfort zone and change what they're doing into something that makes them more happy, which in this case would be actually understanding the words that you're reading, that alone will give you a sense of satisfaction. You no longer have to feel like that thing or that place, or that situation that you were in, man, one day, a long time ago, that gave me all the satisfaction in the world that I had. So why can't I obtain that anymore? I don't understand. Do I just stick around and hope that it comes back? No, you can't. Because if, it, if it's being affected because of your cognition, then the odds are you're not going to get it back. Unless, of course, we're talking about mood fluctuations, okay? But then that's a whole nother story because sometimes our mood fluctuations alone can affect our ability to think in such a way that during one of those mood swings, we do something to hurt ourselves in terms of our work career, let's say, whether we talk too much or say too much. And ultimately, we get fired anyway. So either way that you look at it, in terms of our cognition and how we've lost that skill to think and concentrate, Whatever it comes from, the unfortunate truth is that 
if we are in a, in a situation where it is now affected because of our inability to think fully, we probably have to pull ourselves out of it and find something else to do. Because ultimately the end result is not going to be a good one. Now I hate ending <laughs> on a negative note. Um, so I, I'm going to choose not to. And I'm going to say to everybody out there that um, this is just the way that it is, guys. This is just another thing that has to do with bipolar. And it's something that we have to learn to accept and understand that we just simply don't think like other people. Our brain does not function like others. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned, that is exactly what makes us special. If you are living with a mental illness and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness or an addiction for that matter, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to fight, continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Everybody have a great day. I'll see you again in a few days. Thanks.